Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Opus Wealth Style Podcast. My name is Yvonne Watanabe. Uh, I'm really, really excited to have on a great guest today, uh, Jen Mayo from uh, ECCF, the County Community Foundation. Jen is the Director of Gift Planning and Advisor Relations. You know, Today, we're going to talk about two of my favorite things, tax strategies and charitable giving. So um, with that, Jen, why don't you just kind of kick it off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about uh, ECCF. Sure. Thanks for having me on. So uh, as Yvonne said, I work at the Essex County Community Foundation and community foundations are really this um, cool entity that exists as an intersection between donors and nonprofits in a local community, matching available funds with projects that nonprofits are doing in the community. Um, We do that in three ways. We do it by investing and managing charitable assets Um, most notably of which many people know donor advised funds, and we'll spend some time talking about those, but we also have other types of funds. Um, We support the nonprofits in our community with um, local grant making and um, educational events, et cetera. And then we also have um, our community leadership efforts in which we tackle the big issues that are facing our community um, and direct resources and, and other types of things to those events as well. So uh, those that's really the Essex County Community Foundation in a nutshell. And just to let you know, that's a community foundation basically in a nutshell. And we exist all over the country. Some states have just one community foundation for the state. Massachusetts happens to have 14. Uh, we cover Essex County, Massachusetts, which is the northeast part of Boston. So the North Shore um, up to the Merrimack Valley. Um, my background is actually in finance. I worked in investment banking and private equity. And I came to philanthropy um, because I had a very personal experience uh, with philanthropy. Um, My brother is Pete Frades, who started the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Um, He passed away from ALS uh, two and a half years ago. But for the eight years that he was alive and fighting, um, we just had such an outpouring of support from the community. Um, And I really wanted to find a way to give back, but also find a way to use my finance background um, and the ability to be able to kind of do exactly what Yvonne said, the the charitable giving plus tax strategy, bring a little bit of a finance in it. It's just this magic melting pot. And I couldn't be more excited to be here today to talk all about it. Yeah, that's great. And again, I'm a big fan of Pete and your family, you know, all the wonderful work that you all that you all did and and continue to do. And uh, I was definitely a participant in that ice bucket challenge. So uh, big, big, big fan. Tell So what are some of the projects that ECCF are working on right now? What are the funds going to where you see there as a need currently sort of in the in the Essex County area, but maybe sort of, you know, in the in the broader context of either Massachusetts or, you know, the rest of the states? Yeah, so our community leadership efforts right now, our biggest push is a a digital equity program where, you know, obviously one of the major things that came out during the pandemic was that there was this 
big access divide in terms of people having the ability to have reliable Wi-Fi, um, the ability to have tablets or devices to access that Wi-Fi. And of course, when all sorts of work and, and schooling was online, that just further did the divide um, in terms of who had access to the materials and who didn't. Um, and we felt that we were really well-placed to be that connector who could you know, talk to the software companies, talk to the Wi-Fi companies, talk to the device companies, but also get it the right people from the nonprofits that were on the ground, kind of knocking on doors in, in the areas that needed help um, and connect all those and serve as that catalyst. Um, so the our digital equity program is, is wrapping up now, but it was something that we had a major push on. We obviously had a large COVID response fund, again, doing that same thing, matching donors with the local grassroots nonprofits on the ground doing the right work. Um, you know, we had a vaccine equity program. Um, we also are now working on our racial equity program um, and we're building that out as well. So we're really trying to address what the, the broader systemic problems, but bring them to a local level. Yep. And how do you identify the opportunities or the places where these dollars go in terms of, you know, when you say racial equity, you know, what types of organizations or what types of um, foundations are receiving the, the dollars? Yeah, it's a great question. So we, we, I'll come at it from two ways. The way we identify need is that we have a very broad impact Essex County program and it's a data driven program. So we just collect tons and tons and tons of data. We update it every, I believe, year or two years. Um, and that allows us to figure out and get really granular about where the needs are, what the needs are, and how to address them. Then we find the right people because there are over 4,000 nonprofits just in Essex County alone. Essex County is 34 cities and towns. There's 4,000 plus nonprofits. Um, but through our work being, you know, sitting in this intersection between donors and nonprofits, we work with so many local nonprofits that we are able to kind of get through all of the weeds and find the people really targeting the area that we want to target. Yeah. And I think, you know, the community foundations have such an important part and place in, in giving because, you know, most of us want to give back. We, we want to, you know, we want to give back to the community, but we don't know where to start. And it's really daunting to figure out, okay, well, where are my dollars best served? And I don't know all of the intricacies and I don't know all the data on where these dollars would be best served. So, you know, you might give to a larger organization and find out that only a portion of your, you know, your dollars are going to the right places. So, you know, I, I think that there's such a, a a need, right, for a community foundation where you know, your dollars are actually going to really good use in a place where you feel good about, right? I think that's that's just, um, I don't know, it just serves such an important need. Yeah. And, and that's really something that we bring to the table from our, our donor advised fund perspective, where we have our, you know, donor advised funds are something that started with the community foundation, um, you know, over a hundred years ago. And um, they were in the nineties, the large financial, financial institutions realized this is a pretty great game. We could get into that. So now a lot of people are familiar with a donor advised fund through those larger financial institutions, whether it be a Fidelity or a Schwab, right? People hear the Fidelity charitable. That is the exact same product as what community foundations have been offering for years. But what we offer is we have the exact same mechanics. So it works from the exact same side, from the tax perspective, structuring, et cetera. Um, but what we bring is that local knowledge. 
um, and that local flavor. So we are able to bring learning events to our donors. In fact, any of our donor advised fund holders get a philanthropic services representative assigned to them. So it's not a black box. It's not a 1-800 number. It's a person who's getting to know you, getting to know what you care about and bringing you opportunities to give grants in the community where you live, work, raise your children um, and allow you to really amplify that impact of giving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I think, I mean, this is a good little segue, right? I think, you know, there are so many donor advised funds out there, but to actually know where your dollars are going directly impacting your immediate community is is so valuable. Um, you know, I think so just, you know, again, I, I think it would be good for the audience to, to learn a little bit about what a donor advised fund is, why you would want to use a donor advised fund. So if you want to just share a little bit about that with the audience, I think that'd be great. Yeah, a donor advice fund is a really, really amazing giving tool, um, but also very practical as well from our you know, great intersection of in amplifying your char charitable giving, but also that practical need of, of tax strategy. It is just an absolutely amazing product. So what you do is you open a fund um, at the Essex County Community Foundation. Our fund minimums start at $10,000. You gift in anything you would like. We can take non-cash assets. Um, we've had somebody gift in a coin collection, highly appreciated securities, cryptocurrency, or you can just do a wire transfer, whatever it is. You get the you get the tax deduction on the day you gift in. So from a tax bunching perspective, it's amazing. It's super powerful because you're basically giving that, committing that money to charity up front. It then gets invested by us and grows over time. And then you can make grants when and how you want to on your timetable. So you don't have to have this pressure of the end of the year. And my CPA says I have to give away $5,000 this year to get the tax deduction. And oh my goodness, I don't know where to give. And $5,000 is, a, is a, a very nice sized grant for somebody, right? So you want to make sure that that place is vetted, all of that stuff. The donor advised fund takes all of that anxiety out of it. Right? You commit your $5,000 to your donor advised fund, it will then grow over time, right? It earns in investment income, just like another investment vehicle. Um, and you will end up with hopefully more than $5,000 to give away over time. I, one of the ways I need to I think about a donor advised fund is it's a 401k for charitable giving. Um, you commit your funds to charity when you're in your high income earning years, you're in your high income tax bracket, those monies, that money grows over time. And then when you're retired, you now have a large pool of capital that's specifically committed to charitable giving, allowing you to continue your charitable giving goals over time. But you've taken that amplified tax impact in your high income earning years. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the idea. Um, and what makes sort of donor advised funds with a community foundation like like again ECCF versus giving it to Fidelity? What, what what's what's different between the two? We can be more flexible on the way in. So the funds that you commit in, we can take. We've worked with donors to give us real estate. We've worked with donors to give us small business interest. We've worked with donors to uh, give us jewelry collections, uh, coin collections, appreciated art. Um, it, it, a, a Fidelity or a, a Schwab, they're just so big that they may not have the capacity to deal with those non-cash 
or, or anything kind of outside of a cryptocurrency, highly appreciated security asset. So that's number one on the way in. On the way out, in terms of how to get the money out and grant it out once it's been sitting in this donor advised fund for a long time, is that we, I go back to, we have the dedicated philanthropic services associate who's assigned to you. It's a real life person who lives and works in the city or the community that you live in, um, who is tasked with knowing about nonprofits in your community doing great work and who's inviting you to learn and, and share with them um, what you're interested in and get that money out the door to the people who need it most. Yeah. And I think that's that's the that's the winner right there, right? It's just, you know, being able to donate money to, you know, your community, regardless if you're if you're there. I mean, I'm just thinking about myself. I live in New York now, but you know, from originally from Haverhill, I'd love to be able to give back to Haverhill, but I have nowhere, you know, I have no idea where to start. I have no idea where the funds are best served. You know, so to be able to use a community fund to be able to do that is just incredibly valuable. Yeah, and um, I should I should note that it a donor advised fund at a community foundation does not limit you to just that local community. You can give to any five hundred one c three, just like a, a donor advised fund at a large commercial institution. We also facilitate international grant making um, in certain instances. So we are as flexible as your traditional donor advised funds. But we do bring that local service. And we actually have, you know, donor advised fund holders that maybe they have a second home in Florida. So they have, you know, a donor advised fund with us up in the North Shore of Massachusetts. And then they have a donor advised fund with um, a community foundation where they have their second home in Florida. In, in terms of they want to get access to those local experts in giving in their local community where they live. Yeah. Expert in giving. Right. I yep. think that's, again, just I continue to think about the value proposition of a community fund versus just a regular donor advised fund. You know, the expert in, in giving in that particular area that you care about is just, you know, is, is like the driving factor for me, you know, as I continue to look at this. Right. Um, and I think we also um, so you get that expert in giving in terms of the funds already be com- being committed. But, you know, Remember, part of my job is gift planning, which is let's talk about how to structure, right? What are you trying to achieve practically? What's yeah. the tax reason? What's driving you? And in most people, it's it's a hybrid of, I want to commit a lot of money to charity, but I also have this very practical tax reason why I want to, right? Yeah. Whether it's I'm looking at my estate tax, whether it's I had a huge bonus year this year and I don't want you know a lot of it. I want to be able to commit some of it to charity. I don't know where it should go. And we work with you and your clients or donors um, to structure the gifts in, in the most appropriate way. So for some instances, that might not even be a donor advised fund. Um, we have other types of funds at community foundations. Now we've t- we're talking about donor advised fund because there's a, a an expert in the industry who calls it the Swiss army knife of gift planning because it's so flexible and it's really the most popular one out there. But we have a couple of other different fund types that can also be used in, in um, very specific situations. So I'll just give you a quick example of one. Um, we have a field of interest fund, which is works similarly to a donor advised fund, except that you basically tell the community foundation Hey, Essex County Community Foundation, I'm concerned about climate change and I want to address how it's impacting people in Essex County on the coastline of Massachusetts. 
How can I do that? And you direct, you say, that's my field of interest. And we say to you as the donor, we say, you know what? We are the experts in charitable giving. You don't have to worry about picking the organizations. If you tell us what your field of interest is, we will give, we will take care of the grant making. We'll send your funds in your name to those entities doing the great work following your field of interest. And we will let you know what we've done in your name. But that way, you don't have to be burdened with actually directing the funds themselves. Now, the cool thing about that, first of all, it's very flexible for an estate planning purpose in terms of thinking about how your donor advised fund might be from a legacy perspective. But also, we can, we can accept qualified charitable distributions from an IRA in that, um, where people may, you know, once you hit 72, um, you need to start taking the required minimum distribution from your IRA of $100,000. Um, people may not want to do that for various reasons. They may not need the income. They may not want the income. The income comes in and it could push you into a higher tax bracket. Mm -hmm. You get taxed on that. Um, so a lot of people choose to, instead of taking the distribution, to give it to charity. Now, again, we get back to that's $100,000. It could be $100,000, um, depending on, on how much you have in your IRA. That's a, a lot of pressure and anxiety to figure out how to give that $100,000 away to a number of charities that you may not be familiar with at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and so having an outlet for that, um, where you don't have that you know, pressure is, is really beneficial. Yeah. I think that qualified minimum, dis so the required minimum distributions for the audience, right? Once you're 72 and a half, the government requires you to take distributions from your qualified 401k plans, 403b plans, et cetera, right? So the dollars come out, and because they're pre-taxed when they go in, the principal plus interest that comes out is going to be ordinary income taxable, right? So the idea is if the government's making me take money from this account and I might not want the income because, you know, I, you know, I'm having, you know, other things that are providing my lifestyle. And I, you know, honestly, that clients sort of resent these qualified dollars that come out. So they're figuring out, okay, I don't even want to take this money, but the government's making me take it out. I know it may sound ridiculous to some, but it's a reality for many. So when you take the dollars out of the account, if you could put them into this field of interest fund, have it be a charitable contribution, you almost get like a double tax benefit. So not only do you get the deduction on the contribution, but you also don't have to pay the taxes on the distribution that came out of the account, right? So it can be a significantly um, impactful, you know, charitable giving, you know, opportunity, and also a really big tax strategy. Which for me, I didn't even know this type of fund existed because we were mostly familiar with donor advised funds that typically don't take qualified distributions uh, into the fund. That's correct. Donor advised funds cannot accept qualified charitable distributions, um, and that's why I talk about, you know. We have, so we have that, we, we talk about our donor service, our philanthropic service on the grant making side, but really the gift planning side as well on what and how and where to, to set up a fund is the other important part. Um, and it really helps amplify and, and maximize that impact of giving. For Jen, for those in general, let's say maybe they're not in the, in the, uh, the Essex County area, and, but people that want to give. Um, where would you recommend they start with this idea, this concept? You know, where should they be looking for opportunities to give? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would say there is a community foundation in every region of the United States. Now, again, whether it's 
If you're in New Hampshire, it is a statewide community foundation. If you're in Massachusetts, they are county-based um, or, or regional-based. Um, so I would say find your local community foundation and give them a call. They are, again, I, I, can't, I can't express this enough. They're real-life people who live and work in your community who are experts on charitable giving. Yeah. Um, and they are here to help. We, um, you know, it's really our mission. Our mission is to elevate philanthropy in our community. And so we are out having these conversations all day, every day. And you can tell, you know, I hope you can tell from, from my voice, it brings me such joy. Um, and we want to be out there. And, and I can tell you, we have a whole cohort of community foundation colleagues and every single person I talk to from community foundations across the country have that same type of joy as well. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. You know, as we kind of wrap up, is there anything that you want to make sure that the listening audience kind of takes away any one particular point that we haven't touched on? Yeah, I I just quickly on the the tax strategy side, one of my um, favorite things to think about from a tax strategy side is, you know, if if you find yourself writing a lot of checks to charity, um, you are not getting the full tax impact that you could be. Um, because that's pretty reactive in terms of it's money that's already come in, you've already been taxed on it. Um, and you know, potentially it's it's money that was invested in the stock market and you sold and it had capital gains on, and then you're writing a check. A donor advised fund or any of our fund types actually are really amazing in terms of getting what we call the double tax impact, which is if you donate highly appreciated securities or highly appreciated cryptocurrency or real estate that again, has been sitting in the family for years, has a low cost basis, anything that's a low cost basis asset that you can commit to a donor advised fund, gift to a donor advised fund, what ends up happening is not only do you not have to pay capital gains tax on that appreciation, you then get the deduction at the appreciated level. So for something you bought for $100 that now may be worth $1,000, if you sold that, you'd get capital gains tax on that $900. And then you'd write that $600 check to charity. However, if you give that asset that you bought for $100 that's now worth $1,000 into a donor advised fund, you are getting a tax deduction letter for $1,000. So not only do you do not pay those capital gains, you gave $1,000 as opposed to $600 and you got a tax deduction letter for that $1,000. It is just so amplified in terms of the amount that it impacts both from a practical perspective from that tax deduction side, but also look at that, the charity got almost 400 more dollars because you weren't giving it away to taxes, you were committing it to charity instead. So absolutely. if you have highly appreciated assets, whatever they may be, stocks, crypto, real estate, business interests, um, you should absolutely be calling your community foundation to figure out how to maximize that tax impact and your charitable impact. Awesome. Well, I think uh, this has been super valuable. I, I know our audience is loving the conversation because I think a majority of them are, are, again, charitably inclined, but always everybody loves a good tax strategy, right? So, um, Jen, I really, really appreciate the time. Where can people find out a little bit more about you, ECCF, and the opportunity? Yeah, so ECCF, um, you can find us on on the web. It's eccf.org. 
Um, and all of our contact info bios are right on the web. And then again, if you're not in the Essex County area, um, first of all, feel free to reach out to me anyway. As I said, I have lots of contacts in, in the community foundation world. So I'd be happy to connect you with the right person. Um, and I'm always happy to talk tax strategy and, and charitable giving with anyone. So please feel free to reach out to me again. It's at eccf.org and my contact information is, is there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time. We really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, this has been a great conversation and we really, really appreciate the work that you do. Um, and to you, the listening audience, thank you for tuning in. Again, please click the subscribe button below to be uh, notified when we come up with future podcasts. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Jen Mayo and Excess County Community Foundation are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Yvonne Watanabe is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206, 2022-142855, expiry 8 of 2024.